It is the Sunday night edition of Free Talk Live. We are a live call-in radio talk program where you can take control of the airwaves and talk about whatever is on your mind. The telephone number you need to participate in this program is 603-283-6160. Again, 603-283-6160. In the studio tonight, it's myself, the Lord Reverend Dr. Captain Kickass. Joining me, Greg from New York and Mark. And uh, welcome, Greg from New York. You are our special in-studio guest. We rarely have in-studio guests on the program. Uh, uh, probably more rarely than we have uh, guests He's calling. He's a guest host. I think that's pretty common, though. Yes. yes. Yeah, I've hosted before. <laughs> yes. And so uh, why don't you tell our audience who you are, for those who may not know, and uh, why you're here. Hi, everyone. I am a human being. <laughs> Shocking, I know. Um, what? Whoa. They're out there. <laughs> so I... Um, have spent the last 10 years building sort of these platforms and technologies for people. Uh, I'm a left libertarian. Uh, Usually uh, people uh, identify themselves as Mm anarcho-capitalist. I like to take sometimes of a broader view of what kind of systems can we organize as a society, as a community. Um, And so I I like to build systems technologically that um, help people to self-organize. As I like to say, it's by the people, not just for the people. Because mm-hmm. everything we've got is Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Amazon, the state, right? Everything is from top down. So I'm very passionate building bottom up, and we can talk about it. But basically, yeah. I got excited. I started talking about politics, calling into the show a bunch of times. And then before I know it, um, you're building I, our website. <laughs> That's it. Well, uh, the guys uh, talk a lot about how intelligent you are. And so, you know, that's uh, that speaks well about you. Uh, I believe this is the first time I've met you face to face, but I've been on the show when you've called in. And so yeah. I, I have that familiarity with you. Um, I like what you're talking about as far as infrastructure is concerned, because one of the things that I think has hindered the freedom movement, the larger freedom movement around the globe is a lack of infrastructure. Right? One of the things that enthuses me about cryptocurrencies, for example, is for the first time, there is a living, breathing example of anarchy in action in the form of infrastructure. It's decentralized. It's you know, it's not uh, owned by any one person. It is literally money for the people and of the people. What gives it value? Well, that people see it has value and use it because it has a purpose. It has more features and benefits, and it does things more efficiently. To me, most importantly about cryptocurrency specifically, is that it literally takes uh, money out of the hands of the warlords. I'm, I'm an anti-war advocate through and through. Oh, I have been for as long as I can remember. As soon as I found out what war was, I'm like, well, that seems dumb. And it's just expanded from there. So, What was that movie? It's like, interesting game. The only way to win is not to play. Yes. Yeah. War games. War games. War games is, is the movie that that comes from. And so... Yeah, that's one of my favorite screen caps of all time is that, you know, it's all in like DOS from like 1982 or whatever. Yeah, that's uh, when it's from. True. Yep. <laughs> is it 82? Really? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. Uh, 
I remember when it was out in theaters, and I was quite young, so. Yeah, I, I was too, but it was one of my favorites. I I and then the computer range. goes, will anyone play chess with me? And everyone just ignores the computer, like, screw you, computer. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be interested to get your thoughts on this, uh, uh, what's the name? It's the Google AI, right? The guy said he had a conversation. Lambda, Lambda yeah. I don't know if you've read about this. Uh, there's a AI that Google has developed, and one guy, one, an employee of Google, has sort of oh, spilled the beans yes. and said, I think this thing is sentient. Have you heard of this? Oh, my God. So oh, this opens up a whole Pandora's box. Okay. Look, I will just say a few things. Um, computers, uh, Computer programs can be embodied in many different uh, computers. They can be copied quite cheaply. Uh, humans cannot. Um, most of the self-preservation instinct is built into our sense of self, right? It's myself. Uh, if the computer program is running on so many different uh, computers, mm-hmm. does it, I mean, it, it doesn't have necessarily that idea that it has a sense of self, perhaps, uh, any more than uh, Commander Riker on the Enterprise in that episode where he gets cloned. Imagine he gets cloned like a million times. Right. So, like, I don't know if our ethics would even... Here's the here's the problem I have is that you don't need to go to one like from zero to a hundred, AGI. You don't need to go to. Elon Musk talks about AGI all the time. He talks about how dangerous it could be, and that's all true. The thing is, you don't have to get to the one hundred percent general intelligence, artificial general intelligence, to be dangerous. We could have deep fakes right now. Yes. That fool people into thinking this politician said that. Yeah, there are some seriously. Uh uh, the deep fakes that I've seen, I'm like, You're, that's a fake. I, yeah, they're getting I'm completely so fooled. good yeah. that there's nothing. You there's can a do. there's a Seinfeld skit that they say is done by GPT three, which is like the earlier generation. There's mm-hmm. now GPT four, and that one's like it made a pretty nice Seinfeld like joke about cats, uh, and it wasn't written anywhere. It was, they they went back and they tried to find it, and it's like the closest like George Collin talking about cats. So that one. Is like that one is getting freaky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you a fan of the television program known as Black Mirror? Yeah, Have, I've seen I've seen the first like every other season thing. I see I see the first two seasons and then I just like move on. <laughs> yeah, it's uh the the final season, the fourth or was it the fifth season? Whatever the last season was, kind of eh, it was a it, less than stellar effort from from Brooker, but the first two seasons blow me away still even when i watch them today and there's some very accurate things that that they have in there uh, one of them of course is uh, the uh, the lady who's i don't know husband boyfriend whatever they're they're at home and he goes for a drive and uh, you know he gets into an accident and dies and then this ai sort of scours the internet collects bits and pieces of data recreates a personality profile for him and begins communicating with her while she's sort of in mourning and she's still attached to that. And then, of course, for a fee, she can have this, we'll call it uh, scraped, scraped <laughs> personality from the Internet uh, embodied into an actual human uh, look, look-alike robot. And so now, to her, it seems as if she's got the boyfriend back, but he doesn't act completely well, like Well, why the, just like one, right? And and then if she dies, they can have millions of them interacting with millions of them. Like in the movie Her, where she's like right. talking to, right? She's like, I've moved on to like millions of people. See, the thing is, is like, look, we, I think we're building ourselves into a zoo. I think we're going to be the animals in the zoo. Yeah. And my, like, it's not that bad being an animal in the zoo if you're taken care of well. 
but you won't have any power. You won't have any way to choose anything or change anything. There's even an old movie called Colossus, uh, The Forbin Project, which is really creepy, but it basically the, the computer uses atomic bombs to it takes control of all the atomic bombs in the world and uh, uh, blackmails humanity into achieving peace. Oh, <laughs> well, this is kind of like the blue pill from Matrix, right? Like everybody's scrambling all over themselves to take the blue pill. Give it to me. I want the blue pill. You know, I, I, I want I my Starbucks every day. I would, but I'm just afraid that we'll make the computers wrong and they won't know what gives us pleasure and they won't know what causes us pain. Right. And, and so we'll be in this either anodyne thing where we won't be able to do anything, which is like the better scenario. The worst scenario is where the computer is causing people a lot of suffering, but it's literally, and maybe even keeping them alive and because it has no concept, it's just maximizing some function or something like this. So the, the programs are so different and they don't have a sense of self because they could just be replicated. Yeah. That I don't think they'll have, and that's the other thing in all the alien movies, they kill that one mothership and everyone yeah. flops, flops. The ground. In the real thing, I mean, even now we have swarms of AI drones that right. can self-organize. You can't take those down. I'm, I'm talking about right now. Like, so in a year or two from now, you have Slaughterbots, the video. Have you seen that? Slaughterbots, you just press a button, okay, take out this guy. And for the next two years, it's going to be t- trying to take down that guy with swarms. I've got some things uh, on deck for the show tonight that I think you either will already know about or have some interest in. 603-283-6160 is the telephone number if you want to call and participate in tonight's program. Coming up, we'll have more from Greg from New York and a whole lot more. This is Free Talk Live. Yes, it is the Sunday night edition of Free Talk Live. The telephone number that you need to grab a crayon and write on the refrigerator is 603-283-6160. Again, 603-283-6160. We'll get to your calls and thoughts in just a moment. In the studio tonight, it's myself, Reverend Captain Kickass. Joining me, Greg from New York and Mark. Uh, we've been just sort of chatting with Greg a little bit. We've been talking about technology in general and you know what that means to society and the human race and things of that nature. Uh, I have more that I want to discuss with you, but let's go to some of the calls and thoughts here. We have Jet calling from Indian Rocks. Jet, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, normally I would uh, want to call in on a Sunday and talk about uh, churchy stuff. But uh, since Mark is there, I wanted to kind of ask him a couple questions. Uh, you know, I kind of support your concept, your idea. I call it like an enclave scenario where a bunch of people just kind of not take over an area, but let's say congregate an area. And I wonder how might things be different if everyone, rather than moving to various places in Vermont, I mean, New Hampshire, um, if they congregated around Concord or Keene or Manchester. Well, um, one of the concepts of the Free State Project is to sort of be able to call it hack uh, New Hampshire's legislative uh, system. So there are 400 legislators in the New Hampshire House. That is the third largest 
uh, legislative body in the English-speaking world behind the House of Representatives and the House of Commons. And the idea is, is that you have enough free staters in every one of those districts so that you presumably can have, um, you know, them support liberty-loving candidates in that area and that kind of thing. So to some extent, uh, that's the benefit of New Hampshire being a small state is that, uh, you know, if they if they are successful in this, and let's hope that they are, um, because it's the only way they're going to be able to change the constitution of the state of New Hampshire, and that's what needs to be done in order for this to be a long-term success. But uh, I think that's the reason why they're not all in one area. Um, that things like this have existed in the past, though. I, um, Mormons come to mind. The Shakers come to mind. A variety of uh, religious sects, if you want to use that terminology, um, have moved to geographic areas and had their own little communities and everything went fine. Well, to be fair as well, New Hampshire, the state, isn't really that large. Nope. You can travel pretty much anywhere within three, four hours tops. And, uh, you know, a lot of times things are, are even closer than that. So as far as geography is concerned, you know, New Hampshire isn't vast. Uh, the last state that I lived in was Washington State. And you could drive for a whole day, an eight-hour day, and barely reach one end to the other. Mm. So uh, just to give you a perspective. So you're thinking that, um, let's say, moving 5,000 people into Concord or something like that would not have had that much of an effect over time? I think it would have had a larger effect on Concord, but I don't think it would have as large of an effect on New Hampshire. Well, then you then you split off and you uh, take it to another city and take it to another city. In other words... I agree you with know, you like, from a game theory standpoint, but I think that it gets that gets expensive. So every move, as you know, is thousands of dollars. Um, you know, you've, if you buy a house, for the, then for God's sakes, it's tens of okay. thousands of dollars. And most people that move for the Free State Project don't have that kind of money. No, just an idea. Yeah. So I'll, uh, I'll end it with my uh, my model from the Bible. It that's in Galatians five one. It is for freedom that Christ has set you free. Therefore, no longer be bound by a yoke of slavery. Hey, thanks for the call, Jet. We appreciate you. Six zero three two eight three six one six zero. Let's go right away to Gigi. Gigi, you're on Free Talk Live. Good evening, gentlemen. Hey, Gigi, where First are you calling from tonight? Foremost, I very much appreciate how you expressed last evening the importance of people voicing opposition and when they are frustrated and feel that their civil liberties or someone else's civil liberties are being violated as it pertains to Julian Assange, Mm. a journalist recognized, used to write for The Guardian, that his First Amendment rights are being violated Where are the journalists voicing opposition domestically and internationally? I agree with you. Secondly, I also appreciate very much, as a political anthropologist with my Ph.D. in that field, Mm -hmm. last night you said something that affected me. I am of the Jewish faith. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Judaism is a religion not an ethnicity. I am of a Sephardic ethnic background. My husband is also Jewish, but of an Ashkenazi ethnic background. Okay. You're pretty sharp about that for a Gentile guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wouldn't claim to be entirely Gentile. Um, 
Yeah. Well, and I appreciate you bringing up, you know, what we talked about a bit last night. And I'd like to just mention to our listeners, there's a lot of folks that listen to this show that, for whatever reason, you know, can't move, can't join, you know, the Free State Project or the Greater Migration to uh, New Hampshire for Liberty and Freedom. But what can you do where you are? Well, the first thing everybody can do, of course, is start standing up for everybody else. Start, Absolutely. Start there speaking are lots out. of ways to express that. Agreed. Who was yes. it that wrote, I think, um, when they round out the communists, I didn't speak for them? because Re- Reverend Martin Niemeller. Yeah. Um, yes. So, so the, the point that I made that Gigi's talking about here, um, uh, Greg, is, is that uh, that Jews don't know who Jews are. And if you have a group of people that don't know who they are, how can they truly be an ethnicity? Like there's no, like the, so my friend, uh, actually the godfather of my child used to take me to temple on Friday nights before we go out drinking. And he said, under no circumstances, tell those old ladies what your last name is. Just don't tell them. Nope. We're going to have fun. Do not tell them. And so, you know, they would they try to figure out, is your last name Liebowitz? Is it uh, Rosenblum? You know, whatever it is, right? And they go through this whole shtick. And no, I wasn't telling. And, you know, if the little old lady's at Temple, I'm at Temple, and I'm as goy as they come, um, nope, they couldn't tell. So my contention was is that Judaism's a religion because how can it be otherwise? I mean, Jews may feel like they're an ethnicity. Some may. But I don't see the evidence for it. I mean, I'm Jewish. I guess I have some opinion on that. Go ahead. Okay. Um, well, this is what I think. And um, uh, based on, so so genetically, right, Jews didn't really intermarry with many non-Jews mm-hmm. throughout history. There's only about 16 million Jews now, I think, or 20 million. And of course, there was the Holocaust, right? So if you go before the Holocaust, um when there's a religion, um, you can convert into it, and you can convert into Judaism, and that's true. Right. But it's so rare compared to, like, conversion to Christianity, let's say. Right. And Jews didn't really conquer other peoples to, like, give them the religion. Hey, Gigi, so thanks not for the billion, call. Um, yeah. yeah, I want to talk about this here uh, more in just a moment. Yeah, we actually have uh, a guy who co-hosts, uh, not regularly, yeah. who uh, did marry into and converted to Judaism. Oh, cool. So, uh, yeah, we, we have that experience here. Uh, 603-283-6160. It's the Sunday Night Edition of Free Talk Live. More is coming up. Free Talk Live's video archives have been on Library for years. Library is an uncensorable, decentralized, blockchain-based media sharing protocol, and we're big fans of it here on Free Talk Live. In 2020, Library launched Odyssey, a video sharing website to compete with YouTube, and it's really taking off. Now with over 1 million channels, many of whom are disaffected YouTube creators. During YouTube's crackdown for not towing the government line on COVID, the Free Talk Live YouTube channel started receiving strikes and could be completely taken down at any moment. Thankfully, Odyssey started offering live streaming, so we're now streaming live every night and posting our video archives permanently to Odyssey. You can watch live or anytime on our Odyssey channel by visiting video.freetalklive.com. If you want to go all in, download the desktop app at lbry.com, and then every video archive you watch, you'll help seed and keep it online forever. At minimum, we ask you visit video.freetalklive.com and follow us on Odyssey today. Video.freetalklive.com.
And we're back. Yes, it is Free Talk Live. The telephone number in the studio is 603-283-6160. Again, 603-283-6160. If you'd like to call in, tell us what's on your mind. Talk about anything we're talking about. If you don't like what we're talking about, bring something else up. It's called Free Talk Live for that reason. In the studio tonight, it's myself, the captain. Gregorio from Nueva York. <laughs> and Mark. Well, already then. Uh, we have been talking about technology, and I need to tell you that Bitcoin.com is the best source for learning about cryptocurrency. You can go there right now, click on Get Started at the top of the page. Once you do that, you'll find all sorts of valuable information neatly organized to suit your needs. There's no longer any excuse to ignore this important and world-changing information. If you're already knowledgeable about cryptocurrency, you can check out news.bitcoin.com and get the latest headlines of all the news that's relevant to you. Bitcoin.com is your source for everything crypto, like getting a wallet, mining, trading, and all the latest cryptocurrency news, all on a very slick and very easy-to-use website. Please visit Bitcoin.com. All right, so before we went to break, you guys were talking about the intricacies of Judaism and uh, sort of a... a you know, an extension of something we talked about on last night's program, which was uh, sometimes people confuse uh, Judaism and uh, the Jewish people as either a race or a religion or both. And Greg, you were trying to set us straight on exactly how 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 it is. So, well, I, I like to say it how it is. Yeah. I like to talk how it is, and sometimes, uh, you know, I, I find it fun. Um, so, first of all, yes, Judaism is a religion. Judaism, mm-hmm. uh, just like Christianity is a religion, and Islam uh, is a religion. Um, but if have you ever seen on dating sites, you know, you have like Jewish atheist right like sam harris i think is technically jewish right i think by his mom oh, but he's an atheist right so there's this idea that you're still like there would be can you say christian atheist or muslim atheist yeah right? if you say any of the other ones it doesn't really make sense for some reason because there's has to be something other than a religion there and i think there's three things one is that the prevailing idea now is that once Jewish, always Jewish, right? So if you're born Jewish, you remain Jewish even if you switch to another faith or become an atheist. Okay. You could be a Christian Jew, a Messianic Jew. There's uh, Jews for Jesus. There are. Uh, right? Yep. Yep. Secondly, I don't really understand yep. what they're talking about, but they're there. <laughs> well, <laughs> um, the second thing is um, um, that if you also uh, a part of that is if you convert into Judaism, mm. they they test you, they make sure that you're serious about it for two years, and they, you know what the laws are. But if you lapse later and you become a bad Jew, you're still a Jew. Like you converted, but you're always a Jew. Okay, it's kind of like uh, once saved, always saved. You know, mm. in some Protestant uh, religions, but there you don't know Baptists. if you were saved because it's up in heaven. Here it's like a three Orthodox Jews say that you're Jewish. And that's what makes you Jew. That's one thing. Three Orthodox Jews. They don't have to be rabbis. They just have to be good, kosher Orthodox Jews. Interesting. So, hold on. If I decide to become a liberal uh, Jew, which is the only thing that has any interest to me, by the way, I just find that to be the only interesting part. Um, Good luck finding. If I decide to become that, um, then, you know, uh, I'd need three 
Orthodox Jews to tell me I'm a, a liberal? So I'm talking about the Orthodox Jewish standard. Okay. If you go to reform synagogues, they'll probably mean, yeah. have some other standard. But uh, from an Orthodox standard, what makes you a Jew is either that you were born a Jew. I've been called a Jew by many Jews, so maybe I qualify. <laughs> if your mother's That's mother's 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 cheap, were Jewish? <laughs> it's not. It's because I have a yeah, the mother's 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 thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's one. So you could be one... Uh, 1024th Jewish. You could be less Jewish than um, than Elizabeth Warren is Native American, <laughs> right? And still be halachically 100% Jewish. Well, I think, I think everybody's you know more Jewish than Elizabeth is Native American, <laughs> perhaps. Which I, I, makes one wonder how could so little Native American blood find its way into <laughs> Elizabeth Warren? Agreed. Uh, let's go to. We've got Carolyn calling from Missouri. Carolyn, you're on Free Talk Live. Yes, hello. Hi. What's on your mind tonight? Well, I'd like to speak my mind on something that's been on my mind for a long time. It's about dot-com. You know, not everyone owns or wants to own or use a computer, but yet you just had two commercials, dot-com. Before the last session, you had two commercials, dot-com, no phone numbers. How are we supposed to buy this or get informed on it if they don't give a telephone number? I've been trying to look on my uh, cell phone under Google for a new apartment or a house to rent. No telephones, just dot com. I, I can't I can't do it because I don't have a computer and I don't want to own a computer. How do you use Google? On my cell phone. So you can use your cell phone, that same cell phone. It has a browser. That's probably how you you type in Google.com. You can also type in anything else.com and it will bring up that website instead of Google. Google's just one of many websites that you can bring up on your phone. Yeah, your well, phone's a mini computer. Thing, for one thing, I can't see well and I, I don't type uh, Google or, or anything. I, I use the voice on my phone. Oh, uh, well, if you're just using voice, all you need to do then is say, freetalklive.com. Thank you. You just push the little microphone oh. uh, icon and then say freetalklive.com. I have the same, I, I, I feel you, Carolyn. I have to wear these reading glasses, and it seems like I, I just can't even see when I have them on. I have to turn bright lights on the thing I want to look at. It's, it, it's really frustrating. And, well, I use magnifying glass and a special light, and I still have to sometimes get my neighbor ew. to read my mail to make sure that I'm doing the right thing. Yeah, I used to do the same thing. Uh, there was a lady across the street that was good friends with my grandmother, and my grandmother had passed for 10 years or so, but the but uh, she kept going, and I'd go over there, and, you know, sometimes she needed the bushes trimmed, or sometimes she needed uh, the, the lawn mowed or just something red or whatever. She she got along fine, but, you know, she needed somebody to visit every couple few days, and I did that for a long time. I know I had to... Oh, go ahead, Carolyn. But what I'm saying is, it's aggravating for everything just to be .com. You know, what, why can't they uh, put phone numbers out for you? You know, it, it, it just makes sense. Well, uh, I'm in the minority of this, mm-hmm. I know, but uh, minority deserves rights, too. Yeah, I'll, I will say this, Carolyn. At one point or another, I was, it's probably been several years, it came down through the advertising industry that this is it. Stop putting telephone numbers in ads. Uh, we're past it, and it's just websites now. I, you know, I don't know who decided or what the consensus was or why, but 
I just followed the way that they do. You're talking to the guy who puts the ads together for Free Talk Live. So, um, Carolyn, I, I, I'm going to talk to advertisers about this. When I talk to them about it, I'll I'll, I'll discuss this. With them. I have a question for you. Do you do you yeah. have an iPhone or do you have an Android phone? I have a smartphone. A smartphone from and Google. I'll, the only thing I know how to do is to is to uh, text, and I just learned to text this last year because my daughter had her third episode of cancer and passed away December 29th. Mm. And her last year, uh, we, we text a lot. And, and, and to call someone, that, that's basically all I use my phone for. It helps. Every now and then, I'll use touch. Google, but usually it doesn't do me any good. I, I just wanted to tell you, these phones, they have a voice interface. If you can ask someone in your family or your friends to help you set it up, it, has, it can read what's in front of, uh, on the screen to you. Uh, I have on my phone right now, I can swipe down with two fingers and read anything on the page. That's number one. Number two is you could say, hey, Siri, Google.com. Um, or if you have an Android phone, you would say. Oh. <laughs> he said, Siri, hey, Siri. Yeah, Siri's talking. And, and Siri's up. right away responding. Yeah. Hey, For Google, Car- you say, okay, Google. Okay, Google. Carolyn, we appreciate the call. Thank you very much. Uh, yes, indeed, there are uh, ways to help folks who, you know, I know me myself, I'm wearing glasses now, and as I get older, I'm going to need to buy, like, the big remote control with the giant buttons so I can be able to see it when I'm turning my TV on and off, yeah. so that's that's coming up. More Free Talk Live is on the way, 603-283-6160. Sunday night edition of your favorite freedom-oriented radio program, Free Talk Live. What are we? Well, we're a live call-in radio program where you can call in and talk about whatever's on your mind. The telephone number is 603-283-6160. Again, 603-283-6160. In the studio, it's myself, the captain. The G from NYC. (laughs) And Mark. You got the M from NH or wait? Well, I'm not even, wouldn't claim NH at this point. Where where are you from these days, Mark? I guess Utila. Uh, Planet Earth. Yeah, that's good. (laughs) All right. Very well. Narrows it down. Uh, We've been talking about, well, all sorts of things, uh, technology, religion, uh, we just had a, a caller who is talking about the absence of phone numbers in advertisements, which uh, is something that has sort of silently happened. You know, Mark pointed out there wasn't really any, there was no, you know, group of people got together and said, okay, stop putting phone numbers and ads, everybody. But it's just slowly happened as a result of technology. Well, yeah, technology moves apace. You know, I remember when the Mac, uh, Steve Jobs, they killed, okay, the DVD port. Mm-hmm. Uh, no more DVDs, right? And that, so everything's virtual now, which, by the way, Minority Report, they got so much right, but then they got these big discs, you know, that you move around. Because <laughs> actually yeah. a real sci-fi movie, right, a realistic one would be so boring because it would be like, oh, everything's Wi-Fi. No, nothing moves. And then, like, they catch the guy immediately because they still have his, like, information. Right, yeah. It's <laughs> like, been stored for his entire life. And, yeah, yeah, like, The seriously. one time he slipped up, didn't have his VPN on, uh, you know, used his real email address, and whammo. There's cameras everywhere. Okay, movie's over. So, like, <laughs> that's a That's That would a be realistic a realistic science, science yeah. movie. Yeah. <laughs> 
That's very um, funny. I wanted to get your opinion, Greg, on a thing that I think is going to happen. I feel like humanity is going to have a schism, a, a division, if you will. And this is the division that I think is going yeah, to happen. More locks in the Eloy? Um, ish. It's uh, I, what I think is there's going to be two different portions of humanity. We're going to have the, like right now, there's uh, human beings who augment themselves with technology. And there's human beings who don't. And so I, I would think, definitely be in the former category. I like um, early adopting stuff. I I do too, but you I'm mean talking like about sexual technology. I'm talking about like <laughs> I thought about I'm that. talking about like combining the human uh, physical being with technology, right? So not just hey, I got the newest computer or my cell phone's the you know number one, the fastest thing ever. No, I'm talking about people who like augment themselves. So that is to say. Sort of a, a marriage between a technological, a cyborg, if you will, uh, versus uh, you know a natural human. And so the way I see it is I think that at some point humanity is going to have people who augment themselves with technology, and these people will become sort of the space travelers. And then there will be people who don't do that, who sort of stay on Earth. And I think that's, that's the schism that I kind of see in my head. Now, I am a science fiction fan, so this really isn't that new of an idea. Um, you could go to. The, You'd have to augment yourself like, to travel in space. Basically, we are not space monkeys, and we can't handle hmm. long periods of time in space. You'd not, have to be not without changing. And right. uh, one of the most accurate science fiction programs recently is a series called The Expanse. It was originally a series of books, but they uh, did try to incorporate realism within the science fiction tales that they told. And it was a little difficult for them to do on film, but they pulled it off. There are things like artificial gravity that is generated when you spin in a circle in outer space. And that creates uh, some things that you don't normally see on science fiction TV. 2001, ex- a space odyssey. Yep, they yes. Yeah. So, for example, if you're on artificial gravity generated by a spinning motion, when you pour a beverage into a glass, it doesn't pour like it does here on Earth. It doesn't go straight out of the bottle down into your cup. It'll pour sideways. And so they incorporated that into this television series, The Expanse. And so they would show a guy who's like on a rock that's spinning. It's a a base in an asteroid belt. And so he cracks open a beer after a hard day of work, goes to pour it, but it he holds the glass you know way off to his left. That's fascinating. And Is that poured, true? Is that yes? Accurate? Yeah, that's Is that like the Coriolis accurate. effect or something. I believe that's the name of oh. it. Yeah. Uh, and so they incorporated these things. The other thing they incorporated was something called uh, belters. These are humans who went out into space to mine this mm-hmm. asteroid belt for all of the expensive minerals and all that kind of stuff. And so generations had gone by where you know folks had procreated who moved out there and had kids, and their kids grew up on the belt. They'd never been to Earth. And as a result, they began to morph, mutate, if you will, from an earthbound human being who grows up in earth gravity and earth atmosphere to somebody who grows up in a a fake atmosphere or an artificially generated human atmosphere. Their limbs elongate, uh, their faces elongate, things of that nature. And so they weren't able to illustrate it as dramatically as, say, the books do, but they did illustrate it in the series. And that is something that they predict will happen based on the amount of research that has happened by sending monkeys, for example, up into space, or what happens to the astronauts for an extended period of time when they're on like the space station and they come back. There is a readjustment period because the body gets gets used to and adapts to that type of an environment. Yeah. I, I, the Expanse was one of those TV shows that I watched the first two seasons of. So yeah. that's when they show a lot of the stuff. And 
it's a really cool show. It's I love the the uh, realism of it. Um, you know, first of all, we as people that evolved on Earth, you know, or we we are here on Earth now. Um, this is the environment that we we're shielded from cosmic rays. For example, if mm-hmm. we go out uh, too long in a spaceship, those cosmic rays will get you. Um, they're figuring out right now some sort of nanomaterials that will stand up to these rays. But I mean, we're talking about neutrino particles. You're talking about highly charged uh, gamma rays, maybe. And here on Earth, they they hit you very rarely. But if you go up right. out in space, so we would have to mutate quite a bit. And um, yeah, maybe evolution works that way. I mean, go to Chernobyl, try to survive. You know, a few generations there, see what happens. Well, mm-hmm. it seems like the people are making it. Uh, I mean, animals are making it in Chernobyl right now. So yeah. we we don't really know what would happen if uh, if people had stayed. If animals can do it, I'm pretty sure humans. Could. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> that particular type of animal can do it too. You know. <laughs> well, and there's already uh, existing technology. Uh, they I think they're called the BCI, the Brain Computer Interface. There's different versions of this. The most common one is one you'll see at like doctors' offices. They put this net looking thing on your head and you know uh it'll evaluate like facial expressions and try to learn like what you mean by a facial expression and interpret that so that uh it can like people who have no hands and they they can read your brainwaves they can read your brainwaves and you can actually control a computer just by wearing this bci interface you don't have to grab a mouse or anything you can just think about where you want the mouse to go and this thing on your head knows like oh to the right to the left up down click double click it knows these things based on your the muscles in your face in your head and what they do and it reads that and then it directs it to do the appropriate well, look, things uh, elon musk talks about the the brain computer interface as being the bottleneck you know not the brain the, the interface is too slow he says look uh agreed but here's the thing you know science fiction have you seen the borg yes right? yes okay. this is the thing resistance is futile well in in a way it's already <laughs> happening i mean a lot of Utah. people, okay, so the skills were, you know, work on the farm. That got automated, right? And the Great Depression was partly caused by so much automation that there was so much food rotting in the fields. And, you know, there's books about how they migrated to the cities. Right. And it took a long time. They built the factories. But now it's automated, too. So then you do the next thing and the next thing. Well, human labor is the demand for it's going down because, obviously, every year there's more automation, right? Why would you hire humans when your R&D department can, you know, make it cheaper? So the thing is, like... If you are hooked up to a hive mind or whatever, and and every answer comes right away, well, what are you like? What do you add to it exactly? You could just have the hive mind. You you are just an appendage. That's like what is the value of your life anyway? Uh, these are existential philosophical questions, but yes. you don't solve them by hooking up to the hive mind because then you become the Borg. Um, I don't know. I just don't see the, what we are used to and what we value today comes from thousands of years of human history. We have no idea what happens if like you got cloned or your brain get like if if you start we getting We know what into, happens when you get cloned. Well, there's clones there's like we have today, but biological I mean, clones, yeah. we call them twins <laughs> or triplets. Um they exist. I mean, they're people with the same genetic makeup as each other and uh, best I can tell, they're just another set. So, I mean, what what the idea is is somehow you can clone yourself and then move your consciousness in. I've seen no evidence of that yet. I have seen I'm no curious evidence of, of that either. I think the way your brain grows and the way it accumulates uh, neurons and patterns can't just be replicated. But theoretically, if someone could just do a replicator yeah. or a transporter, yeah. you know, like the, the re- Commander Riker with the two Commander Rikers. Right, yeah. Um, which one are you? Or, you know... <laughs> 
Are you the real one? Yeah. Or are you the clone? It's a great question. 603-283-6160. Have you been cloned? Have you been able to... There's all kinds of people out there that have been cloned. Have you been able to transfer your consciousness from your body to another? Let us know. This is Free Talk Live. More coming up. That is the telephone number here at Free Talk Live. Welcome back, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening to this Sunday night edition. In the studio tonight, we have myself, the Reverend Captain Kickass. Joining me, Greg from New York. And Mark. From planet Earth. (laughs) Well, yes, I am. (laughs) As opposed to your home planet, (laughs) which is where? I'm not exactly we, sure. We, you, you don't know where your home planet is? It's confusing. It's been many thousands of millennia. Many thousands of millennia since Mark has been to his home planet. We've been talking about all sorts of fun things. I will things. say, however, that the trip that the produce here on Earth has made the trip totally worthwhile. Oh, well, I that's, concur. That's great. I, I, I like produce. I've been eating more of it recently uh, in an effort to, well, be healthier, you know, that kind of a thing. So, uh, yeah, certainly. I found that I love broccoli. Like a lot of people like broccoli, really? Yeah, I really like I broccoli. I tasted this thing called Chinese broccoli. Somebody told me it's called Chinese broccoli. Have you heard of this? I, I have uh, had all kinds of things around the world, but I can't say I've had Chinese broccoli. That's what it was uh, labeled Dubbed as for yeah. me, and it yeah. goes with garlic pretty well. Uh, I liked it. Uh, so before we continue with anything else, Mark, I know you wanted to at least talk about FTL.FM. Yes, so can you tell the listeners what that is and you know give us the you know the, the the short story on how that became a thing. Right. It's a domain name that I decided to get. I it always had bothered me that Ian bought lrn.fm for mm-hmm. Liberty Radio Network but didn't buy ftl.fm for Free Talk Live. Was Free Talk Live.fm not available? I mean I like FTL cuz it's shorter. I I don't have any idea. Okay. I didn't right. look for it. That's fine. I just like FTL.FM. Sure. And so at some point in the past, I took a look. There it was. I bought it, and I held on to it. Okay. Greg rolled out his uh, new version of freetalklive.com. It was at new.freetalklive.com. Right. I think it still is there. But, uh, you know, I felt like it wasn't getting a fair shake. So I decided to point FTL.FM at his site so now you can go and and i think this is really great because ian has a site where he can do his announcements and his blog posts and things like that and we also have a listener more listener oriented site now it's new and it needs a little work you the listener probably should go there and check it out it's not ready for every functionality for instance you can't call in tonight on the website but that's the idea this is uh it was caroline who called in earlier tonight carolyn carolyn excuse me uh carolyn was uh you know frustrated that she couldn't make telephone calls to things well i'm frustrated that you can't just go on the internet and talk 
to the hosts of Free Talk Live. I want people to be able to host the show from around the world, uh, bits and pieces, and a, and a whole variety of things. Let's, yeah, yeah. let's bring some new functionality. We've got Web 3.0 coming out. Let's let's act like we understand what that is. And so that's what I did. And um, Greg pretty much has the site ready to go. Now, you've shown me a little bit about the website. You've given me a brief demo on what it looks like on your mobile browser. I was able to bring it up here on the studio computer. Can you just, you know, mention some of the things that you that you like about it? Um, yeah, I think that a show uh, about freedom is, uh, first of all, um, you know, it's also about decentralization. Everyone should get what they want out of it. Another thing is, as you know, uh, the studio has been raided in the past. And, you know, the government uh, doesn't always like uh, what people have to say. Um, and I think that um, being on the Internet, uh, being on the web helps you to be more resilient. It's decentralized. And, you know, here's the other thing, right, is that um, phone numbers, like we were talking about, are being everything's moving online yes right and so today we have things like web rtc yep and that's basically peer-to-peer i'd like to see a platform where you can't get deplatformed so easily you can't get kicked off of youtube you can't get kicked off of discord or whatever right and how did, what does that look like it looks like open source software like wordpress and matrix.org you run it on your servers. Mm-hmm. Like we set up the matrix server. Not we, but you guys set up the matrix server. Right. Right. And so that's resilient. It's yours. Same with uh, Odyssey, right? All this stuff. So it's about time that your live broadcasts could also be decentralized. Imagine it's peer-to-peer, right? And then somebody calls in and that's peer-to-peer too. And then all the listeners who want to can listen to that stream peer-to-peer. So one peer cents to two and two cents to four and four cents to eight if we nail that you can't get deplatformed and then your stuff can go on odyssey and all that yeah i really like the idea of you know free talk live being more of its own platform versus just a destination website that you can go find out about the show that's great i love that there is a website of course and we must have that as a show and I know that since the last raid, uh, Mark, you and I have had discussions about what I like to call disaster recovery. We're not the first organization to put like disaster recovery types of things into place for when, you know, earthquake, fire, you know, that kind of a thing. In, yeah, but in, we put a large percentage of our uh, income in the last two years over the, into that. Right. And so, you know, these ideas uh, have been coming uh, around and I feel like Free Talk Live is evolving. And I feel like this website that you've put together for, and thank you, by the way, that you put together for, sure. for Free pleasure. Talk Live uh, is going to be part of the evolution of Free Talk Live. Uh, so much so that, like, to the listeners, not necessarily for my benefit, even though your interface on my side looks pretty slick, uh, I think the the listeners of Free Talk Live are going to be able to participate more and it'll be uh, less challenging for them to have quality conversations when it comes to participating on Free Talk Live. I- Everything I build is supposed to help people to self-organize, and it's by the people, not just for the people, I like to say. So a lot of the stuff that starts out top-down, you know, I started my startup top-down, everybody starts top-down, but eventually it gets bigger than you. Mm. And the idea is, do you want Free Talk Live to be a show, or could it also be a movement, a movement about liberty? Can it have local chapters? Can people take their own little sub-show or whatever if they earn enough credits in the system uh, you know what I mean? 
if it's a movement, it can affect change. Like we're trying to affect change in New Hampshire. Why not around the world? Agreed. That's that's what I see the site doing. So a website, we think of it as like a top down, like here's the people, here's the host, and this is the info that you can get in one direction, right? I'm more interested in, you can go on, on the site. So if you're listening, right, you can literally go to ftl.fm, right? And you can listen right now to the live show. Mm-hmm. You can hear all the episodes that happened, right? Scroll through them. You'll be able to search in the future and so on. But more importantly, you can find other people that share interests, right? Like you, you might be an agorist. You might be a left libertarian. You might be an anarcho-capitalist. Who knows? There's people in your area who might go out to lunch with you. And, um, and and next thing you know, you're forming a little chapter of the movement that you, you can right now, you can't call into the show, but you can video conference people right now on the site. You That's can awesome. chat with people about right now about this episode as we're doing it on the site. That's awesome. Right. And it's kind of like the YouTube comments, except YouTube can't take us down because it's free talk live. Right. It's at FTL.FM. It's ours. And that's pretty darn important. Yeah, I really enjoy becoming more of a platform than, you know, uh, the destination website that we have. That's something that and I like the integration of the existing technologies, web conferencing and video conferencing, that type of thing. Another thing worth pointing out is, is the Free Talk Live regularly gets pulled off of YouTube. Yeah. Um, they'll, they'll, you know, they'll, they'll deplatform us and, and then we've got to start another, uh, you know, page and get started all over again. This can um, the website can point to wherever that video is kept. Right. And then so we don't necessarily have to be on YouTube, although we can be. Yep. Uh, nothing nothing wrong with that. It's just that it doesn't have to be the same YouTube channel. Right. So on YouTube, you'd have to look up Free Talk Live and then it'll come up with whatever it comes up with, which isn't entire the entirety of the show. Right. Whereas on the website where people have been able to modify it and, you know, make segments and, you know, do a variety of things. Uh, it's just so much more ours, our communities. And that was the intention that Greg had. Yeah, build community. I like it. 603-283-6160. The evolution of Free Talk Live continues. More is coming up. Free Talk Live. The telephone number you need to participate in tonight's session is 603-283-6160. You can engrave that on your firstborn's forehead, whatever you like. You can, Seems cruel. You can write it backwards on your bug guard on the front of your car so that when you drive around, people can look in the rearview mirror and see 603-283-6160. They might wonder why it's there, but at least they could see it. Or maybe they'll call. Who knows? In the studio, it's myself, the captain. Greg from New York. And USA. Mark. Earth. What's that? And Earth. I, I think it's safe to say we're all from Earth. Maybe. Except for Mark. We should maybe. hang out. <laughs> hey, man, come over to my planet later. <laughs> Uh, we have some calls to get to. Let's go first to Major Payne calling from Michigan. Major, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah. 
Mark, welcome back. I didn't know you were uh, birthed from galactic spawn or spores <laughs> or some such thing. Well, we're all constructed of uh, of uh, stardust and animal pee. Yeah, well, I, I guess that puts old little Miss Moonbeam right in the right spot, doesn't it? I didn't know you're such a romantic, Mark. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> way, to, way to sweet talk the listeners. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Gonna, That's going to be my pickup line. You're going to come riding it on a unicorn one day. You boys better watch it. <laughs> What's on your mind, Major? All right. So that one old girl, I just want to touch real quick on her, the one that had a problem with there being no phone numbers to call anymore if you got a problem. Yep, yep. Carolyn? Well, you remember for about 20, 15 years, if there was a customer service line, it would be Habib or Rakim and Matt, please help you. And then there was about five, ten years where, you know, my name is Stephen. May I help you? I am Michael. But it all came from Pakistan or, you know, India or whatever. Yep. Still, yep. still uh, is. It can be very frustrating extent. when you uh, just can't understand what's being said. You know, sometimes you can't turn up the audio on phones a lot of times and you just can't understand what's being said. I, I'm sure those people are trying their very level best yep. to speak English. But uh, in some well, cases, yeah, I mean, it's, it's got to be their second language, at least, if not third, you yep. know, but uh, it's just frustrating when you can't talk to a person that can talk back responsibly and properly. So here's yeah. one thing I've wondered is uh, let's talk about Jamaica for a second. So this is an English speaking no, island, <laughs> but they're they, they've got a dialect. It's, it's they sound different than, say, an American does. Yeah, Americans have dialects, too. I'm kind of curious, why don't we just run a fiber cable to Jamaica, surely there's one already there, and use them for uh, so much of this phone work? Would you be able to understand them as well as... Jamaican me work for you. <laughs> right, as you would uh, somebody yeah. who's from Pakistan. I don't know the answer to this, and I'm not trying to make fun of either Pakistanis or Jamaicans. I'm just curious. These are native English speakers that yeah. can be, at times, a challenge to understand. Well, I can, I can speak to some of that. So, Greg, you had mentioned earlier... Uh, automation, sort of, you know, the industrial revolution and then now the technical revolution with, you know, software and computers and all that kind of a thing. Uh, there's something that has delayed the advance of technology. And what is that thing? The, <laughs> the thing. I, I was like, is that Miss Cleo? No. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Ms. wrong Cleo. accent. Go um, ahead. <laughs> the, the thing that has delayed the, the advance uh, in technology is uh, when I was growing up in the, in the 80s, we'll say, uh, everybody was talking about how we're going to have flying cars by the year 2000. We don't all have flying cars, and it's I remember the show Space 1999. Right. Logan's Run, you know, yeah. all this kind of stuff, right? So what happened is, instead of technology making everything less expensive and freeing people, uh, what happened is uh, people looked to the least amount of cost for production, and we got something known as outsourcing. So because labor was much cheaper in other parts of planet Earth, the robots didn't take over all of the production because human labor was still less expensive. So until the rest of the world, even today, becomes more industrialized than it, than it is currently, mm -hmm. uh, th that has resulted in a delay in the advancement of technologies. I'm going to say something about crypto. Okay. Uh, to all the people uh, in crypto, I mean, we see what's going on around it. Crypto is based on blockchain, mm -hmm. and blockchain is one of the only technologies that I know that promises to become slower 
and more expensive with time. What I mean by that is blockchain is a chain of blocks, and uh, those blocks are finite in size. And so, like, Roger Ver supported increasing the block size, for example. Uh, but it's still a finite block size, and people compete for that block size. So as more people join the network, there's a bottleneck, and that's why we speak about how many transactions per second. We don't say that about HTTP protocol, which is the, how many websites can HTTP support per second, right. or how many emails can SMTP support. The thing is that there's a bottleneck somewhere, and that bottleneck is the blockchain. There's going to be other technologies out there that will make crypto mainstream, yes. that will help people to vote and do all kinds of smart contracts, and you know it will be really cool. Agreed. But for the meantime, most technologies, though, do become faster, cheaper over time. So voice over IP mm-hmm. literally took the cost of $3 per minute international calls, and Skype took them like to zero. Right. Right. And Skype is made by the Kazaa guys, I think, or the people who made the peer-to-peer, uh, bit, and there was BitTorrent, right, and all this stuff. My point is, look at that from $3 a minute to zero, right? right? And the same thing has happened with like desktop printing and uh, blogs and everything else. So I think technology does make things more efficient Mm -hmm. and it lets one person do the job of 10. And then when that happens, you either invent more jobs, which is what we've done with blogs and marketing and accountants and many things that I do and uh, whatever. But uh, also there will be a time when some people just, uh, well, they don't have the skills to do the things that uh, people need them to do. So they'll, We'll have to find ways for them to eat and to get resources. Major? Yes, sir. Reason to be having you, Sahib. When will you pay me in my whiskey wine for the labors <laughs> I have endured? Uh, anything else you uh, want to mention? No, no. We have to get We're the UBI to you. <laughs> guys, have you guys ever heard of a place in uh, southern Michigan called the Irish Hills? No. Water runs uphill. I have heard of when this. I was only like seven, eight years old. My parents took me there. And they spiked a two-by-four to the wall of a shack. Dude took a straight-legged, four-legged chair and sat off the ground six feet with nothing but that two-by-four under that chair. <laughs> it was amazing. Now, you guys were talking about gravity and the elongation of limbs and whatnot. Right, yep. I wonder how long the Scots and the Irish have been suffering through this indignancy that we have gotten so long in so short a time so hey major thanks for the call we appreciate you they have places like this across the united states one of them is called the mystery spot in santa cruz and um you know there's a variety of these sort of you know optical illusions the the car rolling up the hill uh you could do that in spook hill yeah in um yeah, florida yeah no but the true scotsman would get that after a wee drink <laughs> indeed nice. yeah that's a good one i have trouble doing the scottish accent i love accents yeah, I well too. the good news is, is you just have to sound completely unintelligible <laughs> 603 That's what's wrong with Greg's, is I can understand him. <laughs> May this century be yours, boy. Like the last century was mine. Sean Connery, commander of a Russian submarine with a Scottish accent. <laughs> Love that guy. <laughs> More Free Talk Live coming up. We're back. It is Free Talk Live. 
The telephone number 603-283-6160 if you want to join in the discussion tonight. In the studio, it's myself, the captain. The name is Greg from your <laughs> city. And Mark. <laughs> nice. Very nice. <laughs> I don't know if we can do that all night. It, it, it's, it's This guy's so important that, I mean, he's been dead for however long. I think Sean Connery's dead. I don't know. Uh, my guess would be. And we're still doing the accent. We're still doing the accent. Indeed. It's fun to you do it. share original Bond. You just can't. <laughs> the name's James. All right. Later this year, I'm speaking at Free Cities Foundation's annual conference, Liberty in Our Lifetime. It's in the beautiful city of Prague from October the 21st through the 23rd, three days, and showcases autonomous cities and international communities that are springing up around the world, offering opportunities for settlers to live freer lives. The conference theme is Parallel Structures for Progress and will explore physical developments and parallel structures emerging in education and finance that offer alternatives for people looking for better ways to learn, educate children, and invest in their future. Free Private Cities is offering all Free Talk Live listeners a special 20% discount on tickets, which can be claimed when checking out on Everbright with the promo code FTL20. Find out more about the conference. Visit Liberty in our lifetime, excuse me, Liberty LifetimeLiberty.com and follow the conference on Twitter via the handle at Liberty IOL. So LifetimeLiberty.com. It's from October the 21st through the 23rd in Prague. The coupon code is FTL20, LifetimeLiberty.com. And I hope to see as many of you as possible in Prague. If you've ever wanted to find out what Mark's like while he is, as I like to say, gallivanting, <laughs> you should attend this event. Also, 20% is a pretty generous discount. It is. It's yeah. it's a great event. I went to the one in Switzerland. Is that this year or last year? Last year? At the end of last year? It was really great. I had an event. It was unlike any event I'd ever been to. The European libertarians are really dedicated. Nice. Uh, let's just go to the phones right away. We have Jeffrey calling from South Carolina. Jeffrey, you are live on the air on Free Talk Live. Okay, well, like I told the, the screener, um, I'm sitting at Walmart parking lot and I'm going through the, you know, listening to you on radio and I'm having to pick up the cell phone because you said you had a website and um, I'm not real computer literate, but um, I saw the words SIP and I didn't know what that meant. And I know that there's all kinds of words that I don't know, but I just, was going to call and ask what that meant, and maybe maybe another time I can call and ask what something else means. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Yeah. So well, that's what that's my question. We're here every night from 7 p.m. until 10 p.m. Eastern. So if you want to call the show again, call between those hours. Okay. Uh, SIP okay. stands for. Correct me if I'm wrong. Session Internet Protocol. I was looking it up. Oh, yeah, nice. Yeah. All right. Uh, Session Internet Protocol. Uh, it's a fancy way of saying you can call us using this online method. So if you have something called a SIP phone, uh, you mm-hmm. would be able to use the set of uh, data provided over at uh, sip.freetalklive.com. Uh, you'd be able to plug that into your SIP phone, and then you can call us and sound almost as if you're sitting right next to us here in the, in the studio. Oh, right. Well, that's not the way it's working now. I'm not using SIP now. <laughs> no, uh, if you dialed the phone number, you're going over the regular telephone system. Pots. Plain old okay, telephone pots, service, yeah. yes. Yes. All right, well, 
All right. Well, uh, I I eliminated one thing, and I thank you, and I'll call again. Thanks so much. Thanks for the call, Jeffrey. We appreciate you. Uh, Just taking a sip. (laughs) Yeah. Um, You had talked about, since we're talking about phones here with this caller, you had talked about uh, the progress of digital technology. And uh, are you familiar with Andreas Antonopoulos, or have you heard his name? Uh, he wrote a book on, on Bitcoin and uh, sure. Ethereum and that kind of thing. Uh, Probably I've, the most articulate voice in cryptocurrency. Yeah, I've watched a mm. bunch of his YouTube videos like from way back in the day. He really influenced me as far as my way of thinking. He talks about something that happened in telephony called the inversion. So originally telephones were all over copper wire. You'd have a landline put into your house and the dial thing and the numbers on the touchpad and that kind of thing. And then the internet came along. Uh, Something called fiber came along, digital technology now. Mm -hmm. And so then at first, there were only little tiny sections of fiber. DSL. Yeah. And so the copper had to interact with the fiber. And so the telephone service... You know, the Internet first ran over the telephone service, but now telephone service runs over the Internet, yeah. right? So that has completely that inversion there, yeah. inverted, so much so that they had to invent something called a comfort tone because digital technology is so pure that when you would make a call from a digital phone to another digital phone and nobody said anything, the human mind wants to go, are you there? Because on the copper service you would hear just the slightest bit of just a hiss from the copper. And everybody who ever used a telephone had that ingrained in their mind that that is there, that exists, and it's supposed to be there. Digital technology comes along and eliminates that because it's so crystal clear. You can hear a pin drop was the old ad for the long-distance company. MCI. MCI, yeah. Yeah. Right? It was so clear. You could hear a pin drop. Well, it was too clear because the brains would be, are you there? Hello? Right, So they invented a thing called a comfort tone, and this is now implemented on every digital telephone system, no matter what it is, whether it's SIP or any other type of uh, protocol used for connecting telephone calls together. Uh, they all play this weird sample of white noise at a very low volume that tells your brain that the call is connected. Interesting. I know I, I've seen these things where they uh, detect neutrinos, totally seems unrelated, but the water is so pure that it it takes the ions from the metal and it just like dissolves in the water. So this lady had her like hair, just a little piece of her hair, like dip in the water. And then she had to like rubber scalp, get all the, all the nutrients were out because of that. Oh yeah. yeah. So wow. that's how pure water can become. Interesting. So uh, just to bring everything sort of full circle, the, the inversion continues, right? It's not just, uh, you know, telephony, like if you look at the internet and it sort of took over a couple of things, it took over telephones, it took over uh, newspapers. Oh, yeah, right? the stock the, market, you don't have the people in the pit anymore, right? You've got the, what is it now? It's all digital. Right. Yeah. You know? And yeah, then the, you got to emulate what had been there before. Right. You still have the zero, zero, what is it, 16 uh, digits or uh, six, 16, six, ki- yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. 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 Um, so the inversion continues with what we're, we've been talking about a little bit tonight, the blockchain uh, and cryptocurrency, right? People call it right now, oh, that's internet money, magic internet money. No, 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 it's not. And Andreas Antonopoulos is very, very persistent in pointing this out. It is the internet of money. 
right? So all of the changes that we've seen the internet do to our regular stuff, newspapers, television, communications, all that kind of stuff, it's disrupted all these things. The blockchain, Bitcoin, all, all the cryptocurrencies are going to continue to do all of that to money. So it's it's programmable. Right. And computers do this in general. Computers have computers have replaced your uh, pretty much everything. You know, you used to make those flyers yourself, right? Copy and paste. Now you copy and paste on your computer. Uh, you used to have now you have blogs with keywords. You could just follow a keyword. And you get all the news delivered to you. Yep. Right? And, and don't forget that uh, Carolyn called in on a telephone, is what she called it. Smart. Uh, yeah. Smartphone. Smartphone yeah. is the terminology she used later. Uh, but oh, I mean, I she called a telephone. Now, this is true, has a little FM radio in it that can, can communicate to a tower. But primarily, the thing that I hold in my pocket is a pocket computer. Yeah. She, and, she but, could have used Wi Fi. Yep. She could have used the Bluetooth. She could have used any of the radios in there. And all of that's digital. Right. And so, you know, not to say that it's an incorrect statement, it's just that the inversion has occurred with telephones. They are now pocket computers yeah. as opposed to being telephones. Right. The terminology uh, stays for the legacy users. And as newer, you know, more people are born and kids learn about stuff, a lot of that terminology will eventually age off. 603-283-6160. Do you have any terminology that's obsolete? Give us a call. Let us know. This is Free Talk Live. More coming up. Back, back in the studio, back on a Sunday night, back in black. Oh, I guess I'm wearing gray. All right, well, back in you're wearing you black, so right, convince me that that was black. Th- thanks for wearing the black, Greg. We appreciate that. Six zero three two eight three six one six zero is the telephone number here in the studio of Free Talk Live. I am your host, the Reverend Captain Kickass. Joining me, Greg from New York and Mark. Uh, what were we talking about? You you looked like you had something to say before oh, we went to uh, blockchain, uh, right? Yeah. Oh uh, no, I was just I was just saying that I think we're gonna have a lot of cool stuff. Um, the banking system will go digital. I think a lot of the stuff will just be powered by open source software, and just like we have right now with um, web servers are powered by Apache server and Nginx, right. and then we've got like. Our operating systems are basically BSD, Berkeley uh, Systems Distribution, or Linux, uh, which is Android, and, and our web browsers are based in open source. So obviously it's, it stands to reason it would be nice to have open source power our monetary system, but I think that we're going to swap out the back end. It won't be blockchain. There's other technologies that have since... Look, Bitcoin's a granddaddy. It was based on blockchain. Yeah. It solved the double spend problem, but it did it in a very, very brute force way. It said, let's take all transactions in the world that happened in the last 10 minutes. Let's gather them in one place, which is called the miner. Actually, it's worse than that. It's gathered to in every miner. We right. don't know which miner is going to solve the, the, the thing. It's a lottery. So, so everyone sends everything to everyone for 10 minutes and then the miners one of them 
seals the envelope, so to speak, with that magic number. Right. And so that is a bottleneck, the minor, and that's why a lot of the industry has focused on applications which are slow, once-in-a-while transactions, because as soon as everyone tries to do those transactions, we see what we happened in 2017 with Ethereum. Yeah. You know, or this year with Polygon, with Sunflower Game, is like took over the blockchain. We're going to have, it's like computers had vacuum tubes powering them, and now they have digital transistors. It's the same, software will still be there, and everything will still be there. Smart mm-hmm. contracts will be there, but it won't be powered by blockchain. It'll be powered by other things, and um, could be intercloud, or it could be Hashgraph, or it could be IOTA. There's a million things being developed. Um, it's just blockchain was first. Unfortunately, it also led to what is essentially people investing, hoping somebody else will then buy, pay more, the the greater full sort of thing, as opposed to utility, which is millions of people voting in elections, millions of people transacting and doing things every day like they do with Facebook and everything else. This is one of the things that I dislike about the sort of crypto revolution, the way it's come around, is somehow... Uh, the blockchain became an asset, um, and, and it was supposed to be. It was supposed to be currency, but it, uh, you know, functionally, it seemed obvious that it was going to happen. I remember saying on the air, um, and by the way, this got attributed to Michael Saylor recently. I really, really enjoy when my quotes get uh, attributed to famous people. Um, so <laughs> I said on the air that if Bitcoin's worth a dollar, it's worth a million. Because if it is worth $1, that means it can do what it says it's going to do. Right. And it is, you know, unhackable, you know, unstoppable, peer-to-peer, you know, all these things, right? And thus, it will be worth a million dollars of Bitcoin. It's not like it was difficult to predict that in 2011 when I did so. Um, But, you know, it... It's it's kind of sad, not to say that I haven't benefited from this, but sure. it's kind of sad that, uh, you know, that's what it's been all turned into. Rather than the technology itself, the the concern is about the, the value. If you talk to somebody, one of these neophytes um, on Twitter about uh, cryptocurrency and maybe some of your complaints or whatever, you know, the mind-numbed Myrmidon will come back, but it's worth, it'll be back and, you know, like uh, talking about price. I'm not talking about price talking about other things that this right. could, could be used for. Yeah, use case is important to me. One of the one of the reasons, uh, so I, I got into Bitcoin rather early when it was, you know, in the hundreds of dollars. Uh, and I spent a bunch of it after it went up and I needed money and that kind of a thing. So I'm not, you know, I'm no crypto millionaire, that's for sure. Uh, but Ethereum came along relatively soon after that, and I read the white paper on it, and I, I liked it better only because Ethereum went to the extent to define use cases, mm-hmm. right? And I liked the idea of sort of a, a giant sky computer that anybody can program on and the smart contracts and that kind of a thing. And so I got into Ethereum at, at 10 bucks. That's amazing. Uh, and But now I'm like, well, I can't cash any of that out because of the fees, so I'm just sitting on... See, the, look, they even you know. call it the world computer. There's one. Yeah. You know, that's interesting. You know flash loans? Maybe some listeners remember and some don't know, but flash loans are these things that you can borrow money, do something with it, and return it in the same transaction. Right. So the thing is that only works because there's one transaction that happens at once in the whole world. Okay, it's a world uh, computer. So literally, it stopped the world uh, technology. And so, the, normally, what happens is that I'm serving a website to Mark, and then you're serving a website to me on your server. Everything happens in parallel. Yep. They they have something in computers called embarrassingly parallel systems, which you don't have to do much of anything. It's just parallel 
Humans are having conversation all the time. No one asks how many conversations per second can humanity handle. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yep, we point. didn't ask that question. No. The, the thing is, though, is that because everything's on one global giant computer, yeah. right, there's a bottleneck somewhere. Right. And that's going to change. And then what will happen is you won't have block rewards anymore because, well, many people can do things at once. So there will be um, a source. Some company will issue some rewards and they will reward the uh, nodes for securing certain things. There'll be a free market of nodes for securing certain things, but you wouldn't throw the entire firepower of the network to secure every little transaction. So in your case, I give the example of like $1 right. being transported by an armored truck and then a convoy, but it's $1, <laughs> right? right? Yeah. You don't need that much for $1. So you need to scale it to the transaction of how much it's worth and not just throw everything in the kitchen sink on every transaction. Yeah, that's... That's a good point. Uh, also, to your point, Mark, about uh, Bitcoin sort of becoming more of a store of value rather than a utility uh, for transactions, um, I understand your point, and I agree with you. However, I think it's really, really important. One of the things that systems of the state miss out on, right? Uh, even people with the most noble of intentions, when they go into statism and they, you know, get elected or they become part of somebody's, you know, regime or whatever, and they try to do things uh, that benefit humanity, they fail because they don't get the incentive right. right? Human beings are incentive-based creatures. We respond positively to incentives. You want to see something innovative? Provide the right incentive, and that's what cryptocurrency has done. People love value, whether it's a, a value in a transaction, whether it's the value of money, whether it's the value of relationships, whether it's the value of communication, whatever that is. Human beings love value. So the one and thing- they love arguing about what is valuable. Well- By uh, the way, this might require its own segment, but I just want to say <laughs> the value actually comes from- I, I had to take a crash course on all this economics and sociological stuff, and I interviewed Noam Chomsky. I interviewed uh, people. Actually, Mark, I might interview- um, well, I'll say later. Uh, here's the idea, is that value comes, a lot of it, from the network effect, from the mass adoption of... So like Facebook. Yeah. Facebook wasn't valuable when two people in Harvard used it. Right. whoop de do I have two profiles. But if half of Harvard is on Facebook, I can look up a lot of people's profiles. And then you add chat, and then you add payments, and then you add you know all kinds of things. It's super valuable in Harvard. It doesn't have to take over the entire world to be valuable in Harvard. So we're speaking English. We're speaking English because the English, the British Empire went around and it conquered different places and it colonized various places right. and taught them English, right? Um, we don't teach our children uh, Esperanto m very much because there's no network effect of Esperanto. So the value of uh, learning English is that you can get jobs in English. And like you were saying, Mark, on the other uh, show, I was listening, you were saying speaking English is a very good skill yeah. To earn money. It's incredibly valuable. Yeah. So so basically you're investing in things that other people invest in. Mm. But at the end of the day, there has to be utility to people. I'm not using English just to speak it. I'm using English to solve problems and to communicate and do things. Yeah. Right. And with Bitcoin or Hex or any other thing, you see, it, it gives it more, like Hex gives you more of itself. And that's great, but what is it backed by? And people say, well, some you know people may say, well, it doesn't have to be backed by anything. What is gold backed by? And that's true. But when banks lend out your money, they lend it out to people who then go and serve other people. Mm. And that's what is backed by, human goods and services or robots or whatever. And when they earn that money, they pay back the bank. So, so we, we see those goods and services. At the end of the day, money is valuable if you can exchange it for things you need. 
yes. at the time you need them. Right. And and so the value, the incentive comes from people recognizing that and wanting to get more of that and solving problems to and providing services and products to serve their fellow men. Serve each other. Right. And so that's where I think cryptocurrency gets it right is the incentive. 603-283-6160. More of your calls. I want to talk about a whole bunch of stuff coming up. Free Talk Live. Yes, Greg, you do have good timing. I saw you air drumming a little while ago, so maybe it's your musical inclinations that give you the good timing. You know that Greg played Carnegie Hall? In his single digits, as far as age goes. Like, what did you play? The piano. Really? I, did. I had no idea that you were acting like I was. I saw you doing the air drum, and I just assumed you were musically inclined. I'm I a musician. No yeah, I was a kid. I I was one of these uh, piano prodigy kids until I discovered computers, and I switched keyboards to that. Uh, but I still play. I, I play for my friends and for fun. It's fun. So. Uh, and welcome back, everybody. This is Free Talk Live. Uh, I am your host, the Reverend Captain Kickass. We have Greg from New York. And Mark. Uh, I want to mention something about music now that you've just brought it up, and we'll get to our, our callers in just a second. When I'm trying to explain cryptocurrency to somebody who isn't, well, even as tech-savvy as I am, and I'm probably, I, I don't know, for my age, I'm above average, but I, you know, kids today, uh, I don't know. But I explain it like this. You understand music, right? And generally people go, yeah, I, you know, I listen to stuff. I played a little, you know, oboe in high school or whatever, right? And I go, you understand that music is a language of expression of emotion, right? And they're like, yeah, absolutely it is. Oh, I get so worked up when my favorite song is this or my favorite artist is that. And it just it's makes me feel so good. the closest thing to magic that we have. Right. And so I say, well, all cryptocurrency is is a language, much like music, but instead of expressing emotion, you're expressing value. That's sure. All it is. And it that that's it. And like people are like, but but isn't it yeah, it is several technologies wrapped together. It's a an advancement in keeping of records, basically, right? Like in a in a layman's yeah. term, right? They've just added one third you know, a third well, uh, pillar one, to it. That's one application of it. So digital ledger technology they use the word ledger because that's what it started with Bitcoin and money transactions. Right. Uh, ledger still implies a linear ledger, like you know, like a blockchain or, or whatever. Normally, what, what's going to happen, in my opinion, and like other people's opinion, is that it's going to happen all at once. Like websites are being served concurrently. Mm -hmm. One website here, one website there. Same with telephone conversations and emails, right? So if crypto was that then the big two things about crypto that are really cool is you have your own private keys and mm -hmm. there's a program called a wallet, but it could be anything and it could sign transactions as you. So you store your private keys. Notice you don't need a blockchain or any third party ledger or anything for that. You just simply sign transactions and that's signatures, right? right. You can talk about signatures and encryption and that stuff. So signatures are cool um, in that you, you control the keys to your identity and you can sign as you and you can store your keys any way you want mm -hmm. you don't have a third party like facebook doing sign in with facebook the other thing that crypto is cool with and this may be the new thing right the cool thing is smart contracts mm -hmm. for the first time in human history 
you can trust the program's going to do what it says it's going to do. And when. And when, yeah. everything. So the world computer is like, the again, first generation technology, I call it, right? Bitcoin, Ethereum, first generation. Yep. But the application of it, think about what that means. It means... Normally, I run a computer program. I trust Facebook's servers to do what they say. These are my privacy settings. I hope they enforce them properly, right? Oh, there's a bug. Oh, there's this. But the bugs are going to be everywhere, right? We're going to root them out with time. But the idea is that the code is run by 10,000 computers. It could be 50. I don't need 10,000. There's diminishing returns. But it's run by so many computers that no one entity can go in. Because what I can do right now is I wrote that that website theoretically i could go into the database mark and i can see this is the ftl.fm FTL. mm-hmm. i could change someone's name in there i'm an admin right or whatever uh but the the person with access to the database can go and change the balance of someone's credits or something like this sure once we mint those credits to the blockchain right and i use blockchain because that's what everyone talks about yep um those credits i can't go in there and change those anymore Right, because there's 10,000 computers, I would have to hack into them all at once, and you know maybe I can do that by putting a virus in the Ethereum, you know, Go client or whatever. Right. But I mean, r- realistically, that program is the most trustworthy thing. It's more trustworthy than your bank. And and so when you have that, why would you only use that for moving a a little bit of value around? You have elections where you 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 collectively make a big valuable decision. You have contests. You have so many, you know, I call it the smart economy. Yeah. You know, smart cities, smart economies. That's what it's going to be. And it's going to replace a lot of functions that are currently done by governments and trusted corporations. And that, and that's the part I look forward to. There used to be something that would happen in communities prior to states ruling over everybody. And these would be spontaneous things. Um, a community needs a bridge built. A community would get together amongst everybody and go, hey, uh, we want to build a bridge. And so, they, you know, if you couldn't afford to chip in, you didn't. But if you could, you did. And you thought it was a good idea. And everybody sort of voluntarily gave, you know, the appropriate amount and pitched in. that, You know, if you couldn't give money, you'd pitch in time or whatever it is. And the bridge got built sort of spontaneously, if you will, if that's. I mean, it took time, obviously, to do it, but the the community would get together and they would build this bridge. And then when they were done building the bridge, they would go back to whatever it is they did before this bridge needed to be built. And I see what you're talking. I see this sort of returning the ability for communities to decide to do a thing, get it done voluntarily within the community without needing to go through 13 levels of bureaucracy and lobby the right guy and vote in this guy and vote out that guy and all that kind of thing where they can just get together, everybody voluntarily does it, you get permission from everybody where you're going to do it, and boom, it's done. That's the beauty with with crypto is that in the future with smart contracts, you could self-organize in so many different ways. You could build that bridge and then you can allocate to each person depending on their contribution. Um, you can do it a uh, capitalism way. You can just like, uh, raise money ahead of time and the, people take the risk and then and, and the reward. But all of that could be done in a digital way where the rules are set in, you know, in the system. Yeah. And everyone has their private keys, so the only way you lose is if you lose your private keys. Uh, and there should be a way to recover from that too. I want to talk more about that, but first, let's go to Sarah in New Mexico. Sarah, you're on Free Talk Live. Sarah? Sarah going once. Hello, Sarah. All right, I'm going to put her back on hold. She's holding for quite a bit, so we'll come back to her. Dozed off. 
Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I didn't hear any snoring, though, so maybe she's not a snorer. Um, so uh, I like the idea of, um, I'm trying to remember the name of the company I used to follow. They they went under and they never developed into anything, but they had the idea of uh, replacing government via the blockchain. Uh, and that is to say that entities that are currently known as governments uh, could be as decentralized as one person. So, for example, I like a set of rules from Zimbabwe uh, for this particular subject. I like a set of rules from Mexico uh, to complement that, and I want it to be arbitrated by the Irish, for example, Ireland. Uh, Since there isn't already a nation uh, that exists that puts all those together the way that I like it for me to do business, uh, I will just go ahead and form my own virtual nation on the blockchain, and I will say, okay, these these are the rules that I want. I like these. I'm going to assemble it because it doesn't exist. And then, oh, other people like what I did. They can now join this virtual nation that I put together. And so what it does is it lifts nations, so to speak. And I'm not talking about status nations. but it, It's a it, free market of nations. Yes. It, it frees the idea of belonging to a nation from geography. I think it also makes the nations voluntary. That is to say that, oh, if I don't like the rules of this, I want to join this other one over here because I like that better and it, it's better for me. The incentives are right for me. Or one doesn't exist where all the incentives are right for me. So I'm going to take a little bit from this one, a little bit from that one. I'm going to put it in a big pot, stir it up and call it the kick-ass nation. Right? Now, if you like that, great. You can join my nation as well. Or nobody likes it except me. I'm a nation of one. And I really love that idea. That is an amazing idea. Mark knows uh, Free Talk Live has helped shape what I do. Right? With Intercoin, that's exactly what we've done. I could talk about that in the next segment, but that's basically the idea of where we should be going as libertarians. 603-283-6160. Would you like all nations to be voluntary? I know I would. Give us a call. Let us know. This is Free Talk Live. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. This is Free Talk Live. In the studio tonight, it's myself, the captain. Greg from New York. And Mark. The telephone number you need if you want to participate is 603-283-6160. Again, 603-283-6160. I want to tell you that Free Talk Live's video archives have been on library for years. Library is an uncensorable, decentralized, blockchain-based media sharing protocol, and we're huge fans of that here on Free Talk Live. We have to be at this point. Indeed. In 2020, Library launched Odyssey. That's a video sharing website in direct competition with YouTube, and it's really taking off now with over one million channels, many of whom are disaffected YouTube creators. During YouTube's crackdown for not towing the government line on all things COVID, the Free Talk Live YouTube channel started receiving strikes and could be literally completely taken down at any moment. I'm surprised it still exists, but it's still there. 
Thankfully, Odyssey started offering live streaming, so now we're streaming live every night, posting our video archives permanently to Odyssey. You can watch live or anytime on our Odyssey channel by visiting video.freetalklive.com. If you want to go all in, download the desktop app over at lbry.com, and then every video archive you watch, you'll help seed and keep it online forever. Visit video.freetalklive.com and follow us on Odyssey today, video.freetalklive.com. We've got more to talk about, but first, let's go to David in New Mexico. David, you're on Free Talk Live, and first of all, uh, happy Father's Day to you. It's, it's fa- I've renamed it. It's Father's Day of... Father's, Father's Dave. Dave. Happy yeah. Father's Dave to you. I, I haven't even mentioned it tonight that today happens to be uh, Father's Day and Juneteenth simultaneously. So. Father's Dave. Father's Dave. It's been renamed. And um, and on this Father's Dave, first of all, I'd like to once again uh, intentionally violate a court order and uh, say hello to my, my son, uh, David Olson. At least that's what his, what his name was. I think they probably tried to change it to uh, David Elich, E-L-I-C-H. Elich, oh, and uh, what's uh, Judge Angela Jewell? What are the other names? Captain, help me. Judge Angela Jewell. Oh, uh, Judge John M. J. Romero. Uh, Junior. Don, yep. Don Junior M. Monica Zamora. That's the one. That's the one. Uh, and and then we have we have my <laughs> my, uh, my lawyer my lawyer that's now a judge uh, uh, sitting on the bench at the Court of Appeals with M. Monica Zamora. Ironically, my lawyer that defeated M. Monica Zamora, where they now work together on cases. Uh, her name is, do you know that judge's name? I don't remember. Captain? I don't remember. It's uh, uh, Jane, Jane Yohalam, and uh, coincidentally, she's actually from right by where you guys are. That's where she grew up, is right in that area of the country. New England states? Jane, yes, I want Jane to, to listen up, too, because my Father's Day present to uh, Angela Jules, M. Monica Zamora, John J. Romero Jr., and Jane Yohalam is to share this information with them that uh, the great work that they did on the case uh, – with my children, uh, where they kept their biological father out of their lives, but uh, allowed in, and this is, I'm reading this from the court record, uh, the judges can look it up uh, yep, yep. on NM case, look, yeah, NM case Lookup, uh, the last name Elich, E-L-I-C-H, first name Kurt, the stepfather that uh, was uh, charged and pled guilty to uh, 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 attempting to rape my son David Olson, uh, his mother, and uh, also then beating her, and assaulting her, and then my son apparently noticed something was going on in the house, like an attempted rape and beating and assault of his mother, and then he got uh, battered by Kurt uh, Elitz. You can read about it in the court records. In- it sounds like alcohol might have been involved. Yes, yes, he came home drunk at 4 in the morning. Uh, you know what? Coincidentally, the very first time that I laid eyes on him, uh, I was in the presence of my ex, and he came to visit while I was there, and uh, the, when he left, I said to my ex, the first thing I said was, he's an alcoholic. And guess what happened 10 years later? So in the infinite wisdom of those judges, hey, judges, now uh, not only do those children uh, in their early teens, mid-teens, late teens, not have uh, a biological father in, the life, in their life, they don't have a stepfather in their life either. 
judges in your infinite wisdom. Wait, wait, wait. So, so you literally won the case, and then the verdict, whatever it is, the thing that like would give you your children back was never enforced, and so the children never got to uh, you know have any time really with their biological father. In addition, the state's actions also caused them to not have a stepfather. Is that correct? Well, yeah, well, only because he attacked them and tried to rape their mother and beat their mother and assaulted their mother and then did the same thing to uh, to my son. Sounds and, like uh, a real winner. Kurt Elitz, yeah, he's a winner. He is a winner, yes. But this was the it's horse that the uh, state court. of New Mexico decided to, to bet on. Um, I mean, you know, this, this is what shows what happens when you have no responsibility for your actions. Well, they, they have infinite wisdom, though, Mark. Well, it's, they don't, though. I mean, obviously. Wisdom comes from experience. Experience comes from bad decisions, right? Like, um, you have to be responsible for your actions in order to have wisdom. Like, that's part of the definition of what wisdom is. So there's no way that the judicial system can actually be wise. I mean, I suppose they could do it by sheer luck. But you have to be responsible. There has to be responsibility. And when was the last time a judge or a prosecutor or an attorney, for that matter, took responsibility is, for anything? Isn't there they did? immunity for pretty much everyone involved at the state level, yeah. including the police? Right. I said it last night, and there's a meme going around on the internet that says the same thing: "With great power comes no responsibility." When it comes to the state. Final thoughts, David. Happy Father's Day. Hey, thanks for the call, man. We appreciate it. Uh, Dave is a, uh, we call them chronic callers. Uh, he has a particular situation. If you're not familiar with it. Sounds pretty sad. Uh, All you have to do is listen. It is. It's horrific, man. Um, you know, he's a colorful character, of course. Uh, but the situation that he has been put in, particularly with his kids, uh, and family court is just heartbreaking. Absolutely heartbreaking. When you start looking into what has happened and how it transpired and how he actually won. He actually won, but nobody enforced it, the order. Well, how does that work exactly? If he won... Well, it doesn't, apparently. <laughs> what what order is he violating by saying all this? So he had an order saying that he uh, it was a no-contact order against his children. Uh, and So he won the case, and no one enforced his order. Correct. But right. then they made an order for him not to contact his Which children. Which actually was made before he won. So like there was a no contact so should order. should vacate the other order. And a lot of things should should, should have <laughs> happened here that did not happen. Uh, and then David felt his only recourse was to call a bunch of talk radio programs, including uh, uh, several of them in New Mexico, who then turned around and filed a lawsuit uh, against him because he called so frequently to talk about this same subject as he does here, he calls talks sure. about the same subject. His heart grieves, as you can tell. Yeah, and but he felt like the only thing he, he felt so powerless. Imagine that. Imagine feeling so powerless on planet Earth that your only recourse is to call talk radio Three programs like us. Yeah, and 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 tell your tale repeatedly. It it's just sounds so like horrific. one of those terrible situations. Yeah, six zero three two eight three six one six zero. This is Free Talk Live. More coming up.
we're back. Welcome back to the program. Let's get back to the show on the radio. It is Free Talk Live. If you've missed any part of tonight's program or any of our other programs, you can find them all at freetalklive.com. There's an archive section there that goes back since Decades. the dawn of man. <laughs> or, uh, maybe it's probably less than that, but it goes back pretty far. It goes back. I mean, Free Talk Live's been on the air just about 20 years yeah. at this point. And I believe you can get the very first episode from sometime in 2002. I did hear when I went back to the archives for the first time before I was even a New Hampshire uh, person uh, when I lived elsewhere. Uh, I went back because I wanted to hear, like, just get a sample of a show from way back when. And I heard some guy named Manwich. <laughs> That's right. I was My uh, old name was Manwich. <laughs> anyway, in the studio with you tonight, it's myself, the captain. It's a me, Gregorio. <laughs> and Mark. Now, uh, now Mark once Manwich. You only need the edge. The reason we got rid of the man which name was because uh, when we went, we got nationally syndicated. The president of I was going to say you get sued for copyright or something, right? right? Yeah. Was concerned that Conagra Foods would have a problem with it, so I we mean, had to get us something else. If only they sponsored you, <laughs> right? <laughs> Why not? Well, we could have manwich cooking manwiches. That'd be great. Yeah, I am bold and spicy. Speaking of cooking, we've got something cooking at Forkfest 2022. You can join liberty-minded voluntarists, anarchists, and libertarians from June 27th through July 3rd for the 6th annual ForkFest at Rogers Campground in the very beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. ForkFest is a fork of the Porcupine Freedom Festival, which sold out for the first time in 2021. ForkFest, however, takes place the week after ForkFest. So ForkFest is decentralized, and that means there's no ticket cost and no one is in charge. All you need to do to join the fun is reserve your camping site, your RV site, or your motel room at Rogers Campground for June 27th through July 3rd. I can't think of a better way to celebrate Independence Day than being around other freedom-loving people in New Hampshire. You can find out more at the unofficial website, forkfest.party. You can connect with other attendees on the ForkFest Telegram and Matrix chat rooms, as well as the ForkFest Forum. Again, links to those, forkfest.party. We hope to see you there. Visit forkfest.party. All right, we've got calls to get to. Let's start with Eric in Florida. Eric, you're on Free Talk Live. Gentlemen, how the heck are you? All's well. What's on your mind, Eric? Well, listen, uh, you know, it must be my night because, uh, like you guys said with the last guy, it's like it's a shame that somebody has to call a radio station. This is my second call to you guys. Uh, Last time I called, Mark said I was crazy uh, because I was the book author that was calling in and I was talking about book royalties. And it's interesting that the guy that you had at the top of the hour talking about... When did I say you're crazy? I don't know that I've ever spoken about the book royalty things. I've heard all about it, but... uh... I did hear. Ah, yes. And actually, you called in to the station after I had spoken to Aria and said, yeah, you know, I changed my email and that's just another crazy author. So you've got me to thank for it. Recall. However, do you know Valerie Silver? She launched you guys 20 years ago. She did my first on She didn't launch air. us. Uh, well, she She's did nice my lady. first on it. Well, she claims you got your start at her station. Okay. Okay, over 20 years ago. 
And she did the actual first on-air interview with me. And uh, she actually held in her hand one copy of my book that was printed and sold from Barnes and Noble that showed that they actually purchased in one order 1,250 copies. All right. So can you can you sum up what happened with the book for our listeners who are you know unfamiliar? Sure, sure. And, and quickly, the if book, you can. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I have who actually did invent the GPS point-to-point navigation system. The reason I'm trying to get to the book royalties is because the amount of books that have been sold, which is more than a million copies, will generate the funding to finally, after 30 years, be able to have the money to take gentlemen such as of the name of Bill Gates to court. You need a lot of money to fight with these guys. So what they've done is is they have conspired to shut down my book royalties. So I have not received a dime. The book has been in print for 51 months. It's being sold all over the world. It's being taught in colleges and universities all over the world, and they are actually. Do you have any evidence of that? Because I mean, one thousand percent, one thousand percent, yeah, ten times the evidence. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Uh, And and just for uh, schematics, the book weighs two and a half pounds. It's a four hundred page book. Uh, We just held in our hands one printing job that they did. For 1,250 of them that were purchased through Barnes and Noble to retail, mm-hmm. okay, and that weighs in at 3,125 pounds. So they're selling them by the ton and a half. Okay, okay? yeah, but uh, according to you guys, I haven't sold any because the book retails for seventy dollars. Actually, it retails for eighty-eight fifty-four in paperback, forty-four ninety-five in Kindle, and two hundred and five forty-three in hardcover published by Barnes and Noble Press. You can go online and you can look it up. Well, Eric, you do understand we have to be skeptical, right? I mean, like it's our job to be. Of course we sit out do. here on the radio 7 nights a week and any any kook that talking about anything can call in and claim frankly anything. And if they've, you know, if they've got smooth enough tones and they've got a good enough delivery, they're going to be hey, believed man, by Google some people. Me. Google Herbert Eric Stevens. You can pull down over uh, five interviews. Uh, I've been interviewed uh, by the Gritty Hour out of upstate New York, where they actually show physical documents out of the book that actually prove and validate that I am, in fact, the man who invented the GPS that's in your car, your phone, your laptop, your desktop, and any other mode of transportation. How can people... Can I... Yeah, go ahead, Greg. I'm curious sure. about the invention itself. Like, uh, what was the? Because when I think of GPS, right, I think of the satellites that the government launched into space, and then they let uh, the private industry use it. What What did you invent? Like, uh, what? Which part of it, or all of it, or talk about that? I'm the guy that I'm the guy that tied it all together in 1989. How? What What is it that the ties it all together? The one that's in your car, your phone, your laptop, your desktop, any mode of transportation. Right, right. That you either one. Gotta read, you either, either read the book or pull down one of the interviews and listen. If you listen to any of the interviews or podcasts, I explain everything from the original concept all the way through to where it got ripped off by Senator Jay Rockefeller at his office and forwarded to Bill Gates, where he hired 10 engineers, put them in a warehouse in Kansas 
and they manufactured it and changed the name of it from Global World Connect to Garmin. It's all in the book. I'm the first guy to apply for original patent. The patent application is in the book. I'm the first guy to apply for copyright. The copyright's in the book. I shopped it with the Japanese NEC patent division. The letters are in the book. Uh, on their what's, what is the patent about? What is the patent about? Like, what is the subject matter? Read the book, man. It's too long to get involved in. All you right, have there to you read have it. the book. So, okay. but if in, what but is the average listener? Sense, just out of curiosity here, Eric, what what's the average listener to do about something like this? I mean, you know, just so Google, Google, Google me and seek out the information. All you got to do is just listen to. But the what if I Google you and I believe every thing you say? Then what? Then what do I do? Read the book. Okay. Then, that, that you don't get paid for it. But you don't get paid for the book because they're shipping well, them out see, by the ton the and a half and you don't that's get anything for it. Thank you. Thank you. You just brought it around to exactly how I came in. So how, so how can somebody had, help you, no, no, hang Eric? On, hang, on, hang on. The gentleman you had up front speaking was saying that you can't tell the truth. Okay. Well, thanks for the call, Eric. Uh, 603-283-6160. He just cut himself off. You can't sell the truth. Perhaps yeah, he did. The music scares some people, I guess. I don't yeah, know. I guess. This is Free Talk Live. More coming up. 603-283-6160. And we're back. Welcome back to the final segment of tonight's edition of Free Talk Live. In the studio, it's myself, the captain. Greg from New York. And Mark. I have to say thank you to Alex. Alex is a gold-level amplifier, and that means he gives 10 bucks a month. Thank you, Alex. Thank you, Alex. Thanks, uh, Alex. Over at Amps dot freetalklive.com amps amps dot freetalklive.com what does that 10 bucks go to well free talk live is currently on i think just shy of 200 radio stations we could be on 250 we could be on 300 radio stations we could be on more it takes money to make that thing happen it takes advertising marketing and promoting so Alex has found value in this program and decided it's worth 10 bucks a month to him to help us get onto more radio stations. So if you enjoy this program, you enjoy the hosts, the co-hosts, the guests that we have, you value the ideas of freedom, liberty, prosperity, please consider becoming an amplifier and help us spread the message of freedom to more people. Thank you again, Alex. We appreciate you. Amps.freetalklive.com. Dot com. And not just radio stations, by the way, but if we're building this platform, we're helping the movement around the country. Indeed. And I think in addition to being on radio stations, we're on a couple of satellite stations. And plus, we're always streaming at freetalklive.com, soon to be ftl.fm. Uh, thank you again. We're, for we're streaming there for already. Oh, we are streaming. Yeah, we are. That's true. If you go that to ftl.fm, you can see it right there. Yeah. Uh, so the other thing that I want to say is the show prep i mean there's yeah i titled today's show another food processing plant fire 
And if you've listened to this program for any period of time, you'll know that seems to be an unusually large quantity of food plants having fires. Now, when I first started hurting, hurting, hearing about this, I uh, did some internet research myself, and I said, "Well, how common are you know fires at food processing plants?" Turns out they're relatively common. However, the overwhelming cause of fires at food processing plants, arson. Yeah, I was curious about that. Arson. Hmm. So this from Zero Hedge. Another U.S. food processing plant erupts in flames. Another food processing plant, according to local news, Stevens Point Journal, a fire ripped through a pizza manufacturing plant in Wisconsin on Monday. More than 70 firefighters from multiple fire departments battled massive fire at Festive Foods in eastern Portage County that began around 0900 local time. The American Red Cross arrived on the scene shortly after to provide food and water to firefighters. They snapped two pictures of the blaze, etc., and so on. So this article continues to give you the details about uh, the actual event itself and where and when, and you can go to zerohedge.com and read it all for yourself. They do provide a list because Mark and I had talked about how many have there been now? How many of these food right. processing plants or uh, you know, poultry processing? It's enough to catch our attention. Yeah. Uh, and so they have a list of 97 different fires that have occurred since january of 2021 however only 10 of them occurred in 2021 so the other 87 of them have all occurred in 2022 wow and it's not even july 4th yet so is it upset employees who are like i don't want to come to work anymore i'm setting this place on fire it's the joker i haven't (laughs) i i don't know that any of these Maybe, Maybe. I, I, I don't know that any of these have, so have declared their investigations so hungry? <laughs> concluded and have decided that, uh, oh, it was because of this. But again, prior to these happening, and I think I just stumbled upon it a couple of months ago when I was like, oh, another one. Oh, wow, another one. Oh, and look, another one. Uh, when they started happening, I think March or something is when I started looking into it. Uh, the number one cause for for fires at these food processing plants is arson. So maybe it's an insurance scam. Maybe like uh, you know, could be I, that. I, could be that. But I don't you know, know. Something related to that is worldwide right now that people are saying there could be famine uh, because yes. of all the conflicts that are going on and disrupting supply chains and other supply chains have been disrupted prior to. Uh, for example, the recent war with Russia and Ukraine. And before that, we've also had the chip shortage right out yep. of Taiwan. And we had the logistics. So everything's going up in price. And the fuel's going up in price. Yep. So yep. if fuel's going up, and that's for transportation, the food's going up, the governments, the central banks look at that and say, oh, that fits the definition of inflation, right? Yep. Rising consumer prices. And, of course, the trillions of dollars that you printed. Yeah, never mind the trillions of dollars that not only the U.S. government, but other governments who have central banks under their control. Ah, but they have a solution, those central banks. They will raise the interest rates, which will tank all the markets. Uh, so, basically, they have created the uh, some of the inflation that they are now uh, tanking the markets for as well. Now, all of that sounds horrible for humanity, and it is. 
it is horrible. Uh, the 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 whole the, the gridlock of distribution, the rising fuel costs, the potential famines, the fires of food processing plants. This all sounds very biblically, you know, apocalyptic. In addition to all of that, in the western United States, a major water shortage is looming as the Colorado River nears a moment of reckoning per the Los Angeles Times. Uh, As the West endures another year of unrelenting drought worsened by climate change, the Colorado River's reservoirs have have declined so low that major water cuts will be necessary next year to reduce risks of supplies reaching perilously low levels a top federal water official said Tuesday. You know, um, I, on one hand, I understand how this has got to be scary for people, but the West, specifically from the Continental Divide westward, is an arid climate. Mm-hmm. You know, that's you know, that's what I learned when I was in school. Yeah. Not a surprise. Now, arid is the next step up from, say it with me, Captain. Desert. A desert. desert yeah. Right. Now, there's parts of it, like, for instance, Washington State, Oregon State, Eastern, you know, these, these places get pretty wet. But Los Angeles, San Francisco, um, pretty much the whole occupied section of California, down, uh, the coastal section of California down there, Las Vegas, these kind of places, yep. they don't really get a lot of water. And that water is getting pumped out there to all those people. There's, listen... 25 miles of saltwater intrusion into the water table uh, from the coast of California. That, in some places, that is, that's a death knell for an area. The Colorado River supplies water to nearly 40 million people in cities from Denver to Los Angeles. Yep. And farmlands from the Rocky Mountains to the U.S.-Mexico border. And these farmlands, in many cases, are ridiculous. The idea that you're going to a desert to, to grow mangoes and uh you know something water intensive and they do it all all over the place well that's what you do it's weird humanity goes to these arid places and they have these aquifers that they try to drain to get some of the water and they're nearing day zero in like all these cities now day zero is when uh that's it yeah it just gets closer and closer and then they give discounts for people who use large quantities of water yeah, oh, they've been doing that. Uh, it says here uh, that not only does it supply water to all of those people and farms, the river has long been over-allocated and its reservoirs have declined dramatically since 2000 during a severe drought that research shows is being intensified. They're going to blame global warming here. And that some scientists describe as the long-term uh, artification of the Southwest. Here's a quote. What has been a slow-motion train wreck for the last 20 years is accelerating, and the moment of reckoning is near, said John uh, Ensminger, the general manager of the Southern Nevada Water Authority, which supplies the Las Vegas area. We are 150 feet from 25 million Americans losing access to the Colorado River, and the rate of decline is accelerating, is what this guy told senators. So... On top of all these other things going on. Oh, my goodness. I mean. And the insects also are declining. Like Human beings can go without food for a period of time. They cannot, however, go without water for more than three days, I believe, is the official number. Well, you can get enough water to drink. The problem is is that all these farms are going to go under. Yeah. Further exacerbating the food problem. Yeah. The food problem. Yeah. Yeah. And so we already can't transport the food that we have. So our government, instead of solving those problems, is going to cut the int- uh, sorry raise the interest rates and tank more markets. How about helping with the logistics of these situations? Oh, you don't want them, them to help. 
If they try to help, then they'll really, we'll all starve immediately. Yeah, some of the worst <laughs> words you can ever hear. We're from the government, and we're here to help. <laughs> I apologize to the callers who are on hold. Please call again tomorrow or any other day. We're on the air seven nights a week here at Free Talk Live. And you can listen at FTL.FM. I want to thank Greg for joining us in the studio tonight. It was a pleasure having you. Likewise. If you've missed, Thanks for making the site. If you missed any part of the program, visit freetalklive.com to see the archives. Thanks and peace.